Forever Young Old the March 2020 edition of Book Plate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. Today I am Annie, sound engineer host, and in this book I am heady. I have no fucking clue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Britt, and in this book I am by its second spine just because my spine's fucked up and sucks and maybe a second one would come <laughs> in handy i don't know <laughs> and i'm amanda i am the mutated deer surprisingly vicious <laughs> i did like the deer <laughs> <laughs> our moose bouche which is always just the bite of what we're going to get into today Hetty, Byatt, and Reese are three girls stuck on Raxter Island experiencing the tox, an unknown phenomenon that has killed many and changed everything on the island, making animals bigger, leaving visible wounds on the girls, and giving everything an insatiable need to feed. It's been 18 months since it started when the Navy sent a letter telling them to wait and stay alive as time and the tox takes it toll takes its toll why do i do this to myself as time and the tox takes its toll the girls force a chain of events that expose some truths but keep even more secrets this is the first novel by rory power does that make sense yeah yeah so i gave it to jamal which is this is our other cover take where our significant others tell us what they thought and i gave the book to jamal and it was the first one that he's ever like asked if he could look at the back oh. <laughs> i was like yeah you nice. could look at, like i never like told him what he could and couldn't do i just would hand it to him but this was the first one he's like he like didn't know so he looked at the back and like looked at it and he said outdoorsy untangling unhinging person finding fighting themselves hmm. he thought that the girl had tiger stripes at first but then he saw the pants mm. um yeah i mean i i usually get library books on my kindle so i end up like googling a picture of the front cover so that gary can see it in color so there's no looking at the back for him but uh he stared at it for a long time and then he was like shit i don't know <laughs> usually i can either guess or make something up that sounds halfway believable um and then he was like post-apocalyptic world and then he read the tagline where it says you know wait and survive so he said these girls were told to wait and hide to survive so they go into hiding to like wait it out but then when they reemerge in this world, like, and then he sees the plants or whatever. And like he said that the plant represents like that all this time has passed and uh, the world isn't what they remember. The plants and fauna have overgrown and taken over and they have to figure out how to survive in this new world. So <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. 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 And track. Um, <laughs> Phil said that he thought it looked like Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. I haven't read that one. It's. It is a lot like it. They stumble into the space that can't be tracked where everything is wrong and the DNA of animals and plants are moving together in a very strange and upsetting way. So it is like that. And he said it was about a girl who was being taken over by plant parts. Hmm. And he also liked it and he put it in his, his queue. He oh. thought it looked really interesting. It was a really beautiful cover. The artwork was really well the done. Cover. Yeah. It is. It's one of the nicer covers I've seen, which is interesting because it was harder to know what it was well, about. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that was the point. Like the mm-hmm. intrigue, you have to pick it up and look it through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Was Did they make a movie about that? They did, and it's good, and you should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Appetizer. Crackers behind the fridge. Mm-hmm. So in this book, they're kind of starving, and 
and uh, there's not a lot of food to be shared or to be had, and so they're not supposed to stash or store. They get punished, but there is one character who has stashed crackers behind the fridge. Mm-hmm. And I put cracked YA tropes. So we have the boarding school turned prison sanctuary, missing parents, puberty changes, which coincide with the talks breakouts. And then I do want to give like food body image content warnings. Mm, like yeah. the the stuff about the food and the way that the people were described could I think if you were concerned about body image or had triggers around food that it might not be something you want to read. Mm. I personally was like struggling a little bit with that piece i'm like everyone mm. looks anorexic and they're okay with it i was like i don't know i was like i know it's not that mm-hmm. but like control of food how that was controlled yeah. not being able to have access to food that was nourishing being forced to throw away half the food like that was really like that hit me in the gut like oh yeah. damn like because i just i couldn't i don't know if you have this on there somewhere else sorry but no, like the guilt up. of like you know the pride of like being chosen for boat shift and she's already feeling guilty because Reese wanted it more and then she goes and then they throw away half the food and like they point a gun in her and they're like you're not gonna tell right and she's yeah. like <laughs> like yeah. and to come back where people are like fighting over the scraps oh I I saw this book described as a feminist lord of the flies and I'm not mad at it <laughs> <laughs> that's actually decent that's a decent call yeah yeah <laughs> Except they're still adults, and they seem like to rely on those adults heavily to yeah. organize the society. Like, that's when Welch dies at the end. They say, now society is broken mm, down, yeah. and we have no society anymore. Yeah. yeah. And there's no, I got the conch. But, like, there's no, yeah. like, person in charge. Like, there kind of is with Boat Shift, but there's not really, like, they're not destroying each other in the hierarchy. They mm-hmm. are respecting the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, main course is beef jerky and then the thrown away vegetables. So yeah, that scene is intense and I was very upset by it. And then like the image of the food floating in the water, I think yeah. that will stay with me for a long time. Yeah. And then De- like devouring the chocolate bar, like <laughs> not, yeah, I don't know. It was messed up. Like I was just so floored by it. They're starving. Oh, well, it's bad. Well, how do you know? Like how bad is it? Can we look, can we save some? And of course you learn at the end of the book that it wasn't bad. It was just possibly poisoned possibly experimented on yeah so you sort of get more of a sympathy for her point of view at that time but it was really viscerally upsetting and a book that was full of viscerally upsetting things absolutely while coronavirus is going on (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah the, the talks like they all have it and it is like killing people and um the ones that it's not killing have these like visible remnants of it like kind of running through their body and I just want to ask, what what did you think it was? Like, before we find out, right? What before did you we think find out was? that it was global warming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's always that teenage metamorphosis. Like, when you have werewolf dramas or whatever. Like, the, the body changing in unruly ways that you can't control. And maybe you'd rather it not happen. So, I just... I didn't even think of it as a real thing. I sort of saw it as a metaphor the whole time. It just... That book had a, like, really surreal dreamlike quality so I never like felt it necessary to assign reality to it and try to think about what it is that's causing it because to me that was less important than what it made happen Mm. 
there is a dreamlike quality to it. I just, I'm such a rational person. Like I need, you know, like when I play apples to apples, people can always guess my card because it's like the obvious one, <laughs> you know, like that, that is who I am at core. Like I need there to be explanation and rationality. And with, and when there's not, I need there to be enough to make it me okay with it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's rare. Yeah. I, I had a lot of theories, but I think before we found out I had kind of guessed that that was it that was what it was I was struggling with how you know it's manifesting differently in everyone but there wasn't a consistency about what the consequences were right and so is Reese has the fish scale hand Mm -hmm. and and then she gets shiny and it's like she's okay somehow but then sorry which is the one with the spine um by it by it has the spine and it's like killing her mm-hmm. like she gets to the point where she can't even speak because her voice vibrates at bone level and like shatters not only her own bones but the people around her great which was great superpower by the way mm-hmm. yeah and then with Hetty, she's just missing her eye but like, like she's she- growing a third eyelid like she's almost becoming a reptilian oh is that what was happening i could not figure out what was yeah. happening it's I just really love this. I, it felt very interesting in feminist to me. The exploration of this, like Hetty, her voice breaking people, like as she's growing into herself and her sexuality and finding her voice, it's literally killing people. It's destroying society. It's by it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. By yeah, it. Yeah. And, uh, and then they put her in this role of like the temptress that brings the the disease to others. What I don't know. A I just dumbass. Why would he fall? Why? I'm so <laughs> mad about that choice. I'm like, come on. Boys are so stupid. <laughs> like, really? I just felt like it was talking about something else using this grotesquerie to draw us in. That it was about women coming into their own and mm-hmm. how they have to be isolated because otherwise they will destroy society as mm-hmm. is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unruly growth. Like, uncontained women. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that in the adults, it manifested differently. Like, it was, like, what, sores and coughing up blood or whatever, but not as, like, dramatic changes as, like, the girls. I think it just killed most of them, right? Yeah, yeah. there's only the two adults left. Yeah. Although, how many they had at the beginning, we're not, they were not sure. Because yeah. they only had, like, 100 girls at the beginning. It felt very, like, unreliable narrator to me, and I, I love those something about just like the mind fuck of like okay you think one thing and then it turns out to be this but then like because of this person's perspective like there's a whole like other thing that you might not know so yeah i wasn't really super concerned with like what might be causing it just sort of like i guess because it's easy to easier to accept that i'm not gonna know everything because like i'm only hearing it from this one person and they're like sort of warped point of view like that's why the thing with the food like floored me at the end when I was just like, you know, because from her perspective, it was like you're throwing away perfectly good food when like we're starving over here. And then when it's like, no, I'm trying to protect you, like we're throwing away the vegetables, the fresh food. We're going to keep like the canned food and the things that can't have been tampered with. I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. What did you think of the organization slash disorganization or the relationships of the girls? They're kind of like clanned up mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, they, they have their groupings that they've been drawn to. I mean, they were already originally organized by age mm-hmm. and then what alphabetically by name, mm-hmm. you know, which is very, it is, it's very much about controlling mm-hmm. the bodies of these people and like their routine that before the talks, 
no matter what happened they lined up in this specific order and like they're still trying to do it but yeah. now they've like devolved into like non not specifically age group organizations amongst these different like clumps of people who are left and the detachment with which they will treat members of their clique when they can't help them anymore yeah holy shit like okay well you've you've gone too far like you're out of this now and we can't do anything for you so we're just gonna pretend you don't exist and I felt like that described a lot of my friendships when mm. I was in high school mm. like if you had changed or if I had changed or like took a stand that was unpopular or whatever people just wanted to distance themselves mm. I do yeah interesting I thought it was interesting that they used to yeah that they're like trying to maintain order in the midst of like all of this chaos and they used to have it like oldest to youngest like sort of priority wise but then they realized like nobody's graduating and nobody knew is coming in so the oldest are always gonna <laughs> be first so they had to like shift it around then like that was just sort of like a it's just it's something that seems like really little like okay oldest first but then the realization that like that's always going to be the same people mm-hmm. like yeah and sort of having to redo the hierarchy in a way that makes sense while everything else is like falling apart to just still have some sort of semblance of order i don't know i feel that that actually now reminds me of when we i was in elementary school a lot of things we did were by last name Mm -hmm. so like you you always call roll by last name you always call you always like assign groups with names that are close to each other and there were like people at my end of the alphabet that I didn't want to hang out with you know and like, <laughs> yeah. and, like yeah. how there was yeah. no breaking out of that I wasn't allowed to challenge that system but it wasn't really serving me you know mm-hmm. it was just like an arbitrary decision that because you're born into this family that has assigned you this name now you're always in this one place right mm. I'm just yeah I mean in my classroom I I have a line order and it's by name and it is purely because second graders will be like you cut no I'm gonna let you back cut me but oh that's not fair than you and it's like we are all going to the same fucking place you <laughs> chill the fuck out like so having a line order just keeps arguments for who cut at bay and also like if there's an emergency drill like I know everybody's order so it's the quickest and easiest way for me to see that we're all here and we're all safe and accounted for. But like, I don't do it for groups. Like for groups, I'm like, okay, like let's balance, you know, like people who are stronger with people who might need more support and who gets along. You know, there's a lot more that goes into grouping, but like for just like line purposes and like accounting for everyone purposes, it's just the easiest and quickest way to keep it simple. I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) I was specifically thinking about sixth grade, which was, my worst year hitting puberty when I was such an outcast because I'd make these decisions and taken a stand and then I was signed to a quad that never changed and just Mm. like I was bullied that whole fucking year because of the one girl that was in that quad like every day every damn day and then the other guy I also hated and just like just because he was annoying and like we fought each other I was like I was literally every day fighting and being like diminutive or like having people put me down Mm-hmm. Every day I went to school.
about the comfort and complacency of routine in the face of danger. Mm. I think that's what a lot of people fall back on. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of where I'm at now with this like political situ- situation. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I have to just I got to keep myself out of these places where we don't know what these decisions are going to be and like go back to the thing where it's like I do this every day and I get rewarded by the things that I accomplish, you know. Well, when your life is so largely controlled by things outside of your control, like yeah, having any order that you impose, I think I think humans are just drawn to that. It helps you feel safer and yeah, there's like all of these things outside of your control. Okay, what are the little things that I can control? Oh, the order that we line up or receive food in. Like well, yeah, and speaking of, you know, eating disorders, like as you were earlier, that's, I think, beyond that impulse. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think when, when I was, the way I imposed control when I was younger was I did not do the morning routine with my sister or my mom. Like, I did my own morning routine because when they were in there like it wouldn't happen the way I wanted it to and I couldn't control them so I just was like okay I'm going to (laughs) do my own thing which I know gets me to school on time because that over there does not get me to school on time (laughs) and then I also started doing my own laundry because I just I wanted things to be clean at a certain time and like if I was relying on someone else to do it for me my mom who was like working a full-time job and like Mm -hmm. trying to be a mom I was like okay I need to learn how to this so that I get what I want when I want it yeah yeah the adults yeah we only get to see a few adults and none of them are safe for various reasons were there ones you wanted to trust more or wanted to be better and was there anyone in the book that was trustworthy Ooh, that's a good question the the older the headmistress like ugh, <laughs> that was really that was really she was fucked up she did a lot of like i'm doing this for you I'm trying to kill you for you like that. I just with Welsh, it was like a little bit different, like, you know, with her throwing away the vegetables, it seemed like, what are you doing? But then like she, I don't know, like I I believed her more when she said that she was trying to keep the girls in their best interests Mm -hmm. at heart more than like headmistress who was hoarding everything and like planning to just poison them all and say it's better for you like headmistress reminds me of PETA <laughs> like <laughs> the organization that kills animals left and right by saying well it's better than like you know being a stray on the street and having like a terrible life or like being eaten for me and I'm just gonna kill you now like, do they really do that yeah <laughs> oh, I didn't know that's PETA so fucked up PETA is so fucked up um in so many ways like and I was a vegetarian for 10 years and like even vegans and vegetarians hate them because <laughs> they're like you make us all look insane <laughs> yeah so just uh, I just I felt that there was a difference in their I mean I didn't believe headmistress's intentions it's her reason seemed a lot more self-serving than Welch Although Welsh did abandon them. In the end, she chose death over helping them to face what was coming. I just, I couldn't blame her at that point, though. Like, she's just like, I tried to protect you, and I failed. I can't do it anymore. Whereas, like... I just thought the the doctor with Byatt, as she's leaving the facility to evacuate, and the way she just says, good luck, (laughs) as she leaves, I felt that summed up the adults, like, mostly in in the book. I mean, the only adults we see that are alive are women, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I guess we could say that the dad is alive, but not Not really. No, oh my God, that dad was like, 
the most interesting horror scene I've read in a that really so long creepy. time. That was so creepy and so well written. I still like get shivers thinking about it. That I can't believe this is a debut author. Mm. Really, really well written. And he went from being like the only adult that anyone talked about with any sort of joy or love or trust yeah. to being like a Gone. monster. Gone. Yeah. I, just, I felt for. I felt for Reese and for Hetty, like, because Hetty was like, you know that that, that wasn't him. Like, I had to do it to protect us. And Reese is like, like, on, on the logical level, she knows that. But on the emotional level, she's like, you killed my dad. And like, I just, and I, I watched feel you for, do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I like really that. feel for both of them, like, equally. Because yeah. they both know what time it is. But like, <laughs> Reese's emotional reaction is just, yeah. I mean, it wasn't just her dad, though. It was her hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was her hope that anything would ever go back to the way it was. Yeah. Okay. Now that you're pointing out that this is really just a metaphor, it's helping me enjoy the book more because I really wanted there to be some sort of like end game reasoning or mm-hmm. result, but it's much more a reflection of like the real world and like how we don't really have end game or result. Like, mm-hmm. and I think now I'm thinking about this a little bit. All of the adult women are not are like actually engaging in harm against these girls and i think sometimes we see division of not labor but division of like support amongst like based on sex or gender right Mm -hmm. like women support women is like no no No. yeah like with the navy and the cdc and just i don't know the the image of them like touching the letter before they went out like for luck and just it just sort of reminded me of like HR is not there to protect you. They're there to protect the company kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, like, people think of HR as, like, oh, they'll help me. Or, like, I can report this to them. And, like, they don't care. Like, and the Navy and the CDC, I thought it was like that, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the girls held on to this hope that, like, they're going to come with the cure, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as, like, they broke quarantine, it was like, here's poison. And if that's not enough, we're going to come and bomb you all. Yeah. <laughs> like, just to make sure, like, that, like, you know, we don't we're not a th- we're done like we don't have any connection yeah like obey us behave in the society as we've set out that it's okay for you to behave and if you don't do that you're outside of society now no longer under our protection control and in fact the target of our destruction i don't know why they anyone thought that the navy was ever coming like that i had a hard time with i well Hetty, like you know her dad being in the navy like i could see you know sort of like holding on to that same hope that reese did with her dad in a way but yeah, when they, like, stopped being able to call their parents and it was like, oh, it's quarantine protocol. It's like, but if you really think about it, how does that make any sense? Like, you're not, you can't catch it over the phone. So then to for them to, like, be hit with, like, oh, no, they all think we're dead. Like, And to find out that they were on the other side of the island the whole time. <sighs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was so upsetting. I kind of, I kind of felt that in my gut. I'm like, I thought they were... I did not think that they would have taken anyone off the island. I didn't think so either. I thought they were like, yeah, somewhere on the other side. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, just like, oh, they're right here the whole time. (laughs) Like that's. (laughs) And it was, and it was cool to see by its like being in the space that they had created. And then as Hetty and Reese go through it, like to know that that's where it was. I thought that was a really good visual. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is, they, you know, because she was explaining, there were some things in there where were clues, and then mm-hmm. you come in and you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely the same space. Yeah. The next topic is the subtle queerness. So it's like, it's billed as a queer novel. Mm-hmm. And Reese is the only girl in the narrative who admits to being queer, but did the book feel queer to you? Yeah. 
I think it did. I felt very much that there was a relationship between Hetty and Reese. I mean, they're young and they're going through a terrible situation. So it wasn't the typical YA romance, let's get hot in a closet kind of thing. But like Hetty was always really aware of Reese and even more so of Byatt. I'm not convinced that Hetty didn't have a thing for Byatt. I think she had a thing for it both just, of them. There was no mm-hmm. men in the novel. Yeah. There were no yeah. boys except for that one boy in the novel, but there were all these really intense relationships. And again, like it just feels like a good summary of adolescence to me. Like I was so wrapped up in girls in high school and I'm bi, but like I was not just, I didn't have crushes on them in the same way. Like it was different. It was all encompassing. That's all I cared about. You know, if you put, a bunch of girls in a space there will end up being relationships like yeah. I'm just thinking of summer camp like, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah yeah or prison <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I the, there was a quote that really stood out to me where like I don't know I felt like the third wheel in a lot of friendships where because it just doesn't seem like it can be equal it always feels like two and one and Reese like calls them out on that mm-hmm. at one point she says uh, I can't find it but she I remember that part she was like it was always you two it was always yeah, you two first you and two and yeah. then me like let's not pretend here that like it's the three of us and so I think the relationship between Reese and Hetty was like a way to make it more balanced and make it more oh. like the three of them are like on equal footing like Hetty and Byatt are, like, the besties, but then Hetty and Reese, like, have feelings for each other, so Reese is just the important part of the trio and not, like, the third wheel. I think only Hetty cared about that. I don't think Byatt did. Yeah, well, we don't, we never really know what, because they come to the realization after Byatt has been kidnapped, so, like, we don't really know Byatt's. I mean, that's one of my questions here, is, like, what was Byatt's deal? (laughs) Like, we... We know from some of her scenes, because she does have some first-person scenes where she's talking, thinking about her mom, and she's repeatedly, it looks like, ruined people's lives, mm-hmm. like, Her intentionally, <laughs> but without fully admitting to herself the recognition that it's her actions that are creating right. that. Yeah. And, and then she that, would watch her do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she does it again, like... Okay, but before we get that, what was an important was was being queer or like this queerness an important part of what happened in this story? I wouldn't think that the relationship between Hetty and Reese was like necessary for the story, so I guess I wouldn't say that it's a total like leg of the story. But I do think the queerness between Byatt and Hetty was the absolute devotion mm, that Hetty had towards her. her obsession with her, and yeah. that's what it was. It didn't feel equal. It didn't feel like they were really best friends. It felt like she was obsessed with Byatt. And Byte was glad to have somebody obsessed with her. Hmm. When you were saying earlier about like, you know, any sort of dissenting member of the group is just like, okay, well, you no longer exist or whatever. Like Reese was ready to give up on Byte. She's like, we can't get to her. She's dead. <laughs> Let's cut our losses and run. And Hetty was just like, no, like we are not leaving Byte. So I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was interesting. But Reese knew by it better, right? Yeah. Hetty was so <laughs> blind in her obsession that she couldn't see that there was something being hidden or under that surface, and Reese could see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? How? What was that about? About by it getting the boy to kiss her? Like, I think that was my least favorite part. I was mm-hmm. like, what? I w- I was just like, 
this boy is an ultimate idiot. Like, well, obviously, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, you can't catch it from kissing. Don't worry. Like, there's no there reason. Is on an island for 18 fucking months. We don't know. Like, there's no reason <laughs> everything is covered in plastic and you have to like wear a mask when you're near me. Just you know, come here. Just, like, put your lips <laughs> directly on mine. It won't hurt. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, he was stupid, but I think like for buy it, I think it was about like finding things that she could control. Like mm-hmm. you know, when she would make up these like grand lies or whatever and like manipulate people around her i think like this was just a way because she was in such a position of like weakness and vulnerability it was like a test like can i do i still got it like mm-hmm. <laughs> she was just really angry yeah I feel like and i think that was just i feel like she's got a right to be angry yeah at the way that her position in the world and i feel like she was just reacting that rage upon the world i don't think it was like a hurrah moment or anything but it seems inevitable almost like the way she was being destroyed to try to re- destroy yeah. and return. I'm just really mad at that kid. I that mean, kid like, was dumb. <laughs> it was just, and like, why, it, why was he 19 and like a scientist? And like, was he an orderly? What was going on there? That was very confusing. And why would, I don't know. They're just like, they're going to let this kid into this system. And I don't know. I just thought like, I was like, there's something intrinsically wrong with, with leaving that guy in charge of her and like not knowing the danger or like not caring. I really do think it's like a power thing because you know, on this Island full of women, there's only two men that are mentioned that are like on the Island and it's Reese's dad. And then this kid and like, it's just so easy for like the author to paint the men as predatory. Mm. And so I thought it was really interesting that it was like the other way around. Like I'm going to, prey on you sort of before you can do it to me like I like that I like that it that wasn't the case like because I I was so wary of like Reese's dad especially like I don't know they would like leave school and go hang out at his house and I'm just like oh god please don't let him be a creep but it was only after the talks took him over and then it was just like it's not him anymore Mm -hmm. and then with the kid like he was the one like lured into by its toxic clutches or whatever (laughs) and like not the other way around even though like you know he was probably older than her like literally more powerful and in a position over her and it she still sort of got him i could see that as a metaphor of like women being powerful and taking back their power right but i was frustrated that the way she had to take back her power was through sex and through seduction Mm -hmm. of the boy i was like there are other ways women can be powerful but maybe that's a commentary like this is the main way women have been powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Using, we always talk about the oldest profession, like that is a place of power when women use their bodies to gain money, which gave them power and affluence in society, even when they couldn't vote, even when they couldn't be citizens, you know, like that was something that they could do. But don't you think that's like particularly apt that you use sex to try to destroy us? And so I will use sex to destroy uh, you. Like you're, you're caught up in your own like fucking oppressive system. <laughs> And then that by it, maybe she knew or maybe she didn't know that that would then go into the world and destroy the world. Like she really was kind of the chaos demon, mm-hmm. the one trying to destroy everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't, I think I see your point if it was, if that was the only way that women took their power in this book, but it was one of many. So there was like, you know, her seducing him or whatever. There was like the girls who figured out how to get over the wall and break quarantine and sneak back. There was like figuring out how to like outsmart the adults you know so i think it was like one of just like a lot of different layers of 
power and exercising it and taking it where you can get it. Taking it where you can get it. Dessert? Yes. I have boat shift chocolate, which we already <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> and then the but shark. Like, I would so do that, though. Like, oh, if I was yeah, in that situation. I don't know. I mean, if somebody's threatening you at gunpoint, like, don't say anything about the food. And then, like, oh, here's this chocolate bar. Like, do you really want to bring it back to everybody? Or do you want to just, like, eat it and then feel bad about it later? Like, <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I probably would eat, would chocolate, eat the chocolate. Yeah. Of course you'd eat the chocolate. <laughs> it's also, like, fat. You yeah, know, if they're true. only eating canned food or whatever, it's like a, yeah, I think that's sm- like at that point, it's like animalistic, you yeah. know, like humans <laughs> know that that is a certain thing that will give us all the endorphins that we want, you know, yeah. and then we have the sharp tooth deer slash <laughs> island fauna, which you brought up, Amanda. I really like descriptions of weird animals. Personally, I especially have a thing for flesh eating deer. <laughs> I've seen that in a couple other stories. Mm-hmm. I actually have a friend who wrote a poem about it, like when we were in college and yeah, I just lo- really loved that part. And yeah. but I did have a couple other questions about like how the flora fauna were interacting with the island. I wanted to know if the crabs were in the water, why hadn't they spread in the ocean to the mainland, right? Like why mm. are they intrinsic to this island? And also because with island like with crabs, birds who fly mm. from island to mainland eat those mm. and then travel. So, yeah, with animals, birds, et cetera, migrating, why is the tox still confined to raster even after 18 months? I was having a problem with kn- knowing how the ocean works and, like, interacts. I was having a problem being, like, why is it still only here? Do we know that it is? Well, we don't. Mm. That's Never a good saw point. the outside world. We don't know what's going on. That is a really good point. We don't know that. I think that was sort of them setting off at the end to find out, like, I thought that was great. I was disappointed because I was like, I want to know what happens. But also, like, it felt apt. Yeah, I was kind of hoping we would see what happened when they left the island and got to the mainland, but I'm also like, I get why we didn't. I thought that was a setup for a sequel. Yeah, well, maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> I would definitely read a sequel. But I also, like, if there was no sequel and it ended like that, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, it was a perfectly contained story in and of mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. You and your logic. <laughs> See, this is like this is my problem. Like, like, I, that suspension of disbelief is really hard for me. I'm like, make it make sense. <laughs> but like, going sorry, going back to the flesh eating deer, like, it's just reminding me that like, nothing is really as it seems in this book. And so you know, we see deer and we think like innocence and Bambi and whatever, and then it's like, oh, it's actually murderous and wants to kill you. So like the juxtaposition of like it looking like one thing. But, like, don't let it fool you. And then it eats its friend. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, so bad. (laughs) And then the bear with half of its. Oh my god, the bear! Oh my god. (laughs) Nightmares about that. Oh my god, (laughs) when the bear ate the girl, and they were all like listening behind the door because they were just like, we can't save her at this point. There's a lot of trauma (laughs) and horror. It's really is so chilling. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was horrifying. I I love horror, and. I was upset by some of it, which I think is a mark of a good horror. Mm. <laughs> I can read horror. I can't watch it, but I can read it. And I think like, cause I can put the book down and walk away or I can, I don't know something about like the descriptions of creepy things. Like I am okay with like that level of being freaked out. Just not like it being visually like, in it's not face. as much as a surprise. <laughs> it's not a jump scare. Like right, you have yeah, to go I can't do jump scares. Methodically into it. Right. Yeah. 
and when I was younger, I used to like read to the back of the chapter and then go for it. I'm like, okay, so now I've prepared myself for whatever happens, <laughs> you know. That's yeah, great. I do that sometimes. <laughs> but I do want to mention, okay, so descriptions of weird animals. I do want to call out two shows that I'm absolutely obsessed with. One is Dragon Prince on Netflix, and these are all YA shows, so I <laughs> clearly have a thing that I like. But the animals in that show are so cool. They're so cool. If you like weird, like fantasy animals, like they're beautiful. And then there's, is it Kipo and the, I'm going to have to look it up. Wait, I have it on my Spotify. So there's a new one that's also now on Netflix where, where it is 200 years after kind of like the fall of civilization and the animals and plants have taken over and the animals have become like huge <laughs> and morphed. And so mm -hmm. the humans live in this world where like the animals have basically taken over. Um, and some of them, some of the animals have become mutants to the point where like they have grown their own society and they speak and they have their own cultures um and i really think that that is like a good i don't know that show is really good i like totally binged it in one day <laughs> let me see what it's called kipo and the age of wonder beasts oh mm. and there's music <laughs> so like every sh episode has like a song in it i mean i can't tell you how much i loved it but there's like <laughs> <laughs> there's one scene where they have to cross through the snake territory and the way that the main character gets them to do that is that she plays a rock and roll song on like a guitar to get and the snakes are like rocker snakes so <laughs> she like wins them over i just love it is this also a cartoon oh okay. yeah and the animation is incredible apparently it was like a, a graphic novel that they've now made into a show nice cool i recommend both of those drinks brax water oh. <laughs> i kind of thought that was the thing the like water the, yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's a lot of w things it could have been so i have guns weapons and violence in here there's lots of violence enacted on the girls in the book and by the girls in the book yeah and we know the angry teenage girl is another ya trope was there a new or different take that you saw here I don't know that it was new or different, but I don't actually know that I believe that it's a trope. I feel like most girls in YA are like brave and stalwart and true and they're to help their friends and like they might be mad about what's going on, but they don't let their fury override their like logic and compassion. Mm. So I think that's really interesting when you do see someone's fury override their compassion. And I feel like the book goes full of that and it felt necessary to me. I don't know. It's and something justified. we should look at more and explore. Yeah. Maybe not a trope, just a theme we've been seeing. Because we saw the one, the female, female the species. That's what I first thought of, yeah. And then that. the one that's the podcast one. Uh, Sadie. Sadie. Did you read that, Amanda? I didn't, no. Really good. Recommend. Actually, the audiobook's incredible. Phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but also, she's, like, righteous in her anger and doing yeah. everything to enact revenge. And it's, like, definitely overrode her, like, basic thinking. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know if they're... So, okay, let's say this is a theme that we're saying, like, now people are coming out and allowing girls to be angry. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of in that section of, of books we've been seeing come out. I mean, and all those ones from, like, the last year or whatever, I think those are all books that have been published recently. So, mm -hmm. Like the one with the girls in prison. Oh, yeah. 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 Sort of. the, I often was that see the walls this, around us? The ghosts. Yeah. yeah. I often see this more in literary books than I see in regular books. And I don't know if that's just because the dreaminess of it allows, like, a more, like, able to look at it without it hurting so much, without it being so glaring. The walls around us definitely had that yeah. quality. Yeah. When you say literary, you mean, like, the language used? I mean, the language used, I mean that the plot isn't the focus. 
he, what is happening isn't as important as like what that evokes in the characters and in your own mind when you read it. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I have that like this patterns of group and like this patterns of groups and girls being used or tested on or like just like hurt. You know, I have the K Ankrum one, which we just finished, and then also the Walls Around Us one. Like, we're seeing a lot of maybe that's the Lord of the Flies reenactment. I don't know. Yeah. But just like this, we're stuck in this thing together and something bad is happening and the response is interesting because it's girls only. Yeah. And like Lord of the Flies female analog is not going to be the same thing as the Lord of the Flies because society puts different expectations on it from the moment we're born. So true. I think it's kind of interesting to look at that. Could also like just because like the boys way they, they did it is not more interesting or right. You know, I think it's, I don't know. It's yeah. Good exploration. I think Beauty Queens is the one that we have is like most close to that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then my last question is, is there something compelling about it being only girls? Does that make space for non-binary and trans folks? I thought it was addressed in the book. Was it? I'm trying to search for it and I can't find it, but I could have sworn because like they were saying a lot of it was like a lot of the talks was like hormonal based or whatever. But then I thought that it was said in the book that that it affected people who identify. I I don't know. I thought that it was said that it, like, if they identified as a woman, then, like, it affected them the same way. Because I feel like I remember reading that and thinking, like, that's a really cool way of saying, like, you know, trans women are women, too. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. your genitals that makes you a woman. But I I can't find it. But I swear I remember reading that and thinking, like, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I would have liked to see that because I, I was feeling like, well, if these are trans folks and they have to be taking their hormones then or if they are taking hormones right and then after 18 months they're not gonna get hormones so then the tox is going to affect them in a different way and i I just like it's like a little bioessentialist for me you know um yeah i just think we need to get beyond that and we also know that even people who identify as women or who are have were assigned female at birth still can have different levels of hormones and all that stuff and like we just don't know that because we don't test for that when Mm. when kids are babies we don't test their chromosomes when they come out of the womb you know and so like we really have made up all of this a lot of it is just like it's more um nurture than nature yeah that's true although okay so the only adults we saw affected by it were the teachers of the school the groundskeeper and like the soldier whatever he was you know they were all grown-ups and most grown-ups died yeah, so I guess we don't. Died. I guess we don't know if it affects teenage boys. Well, he dies. But he's is he a teenager? Is he like a puberty candidate? I thought oh, he was like yeah. had a job and older. And I mean, I think nineteen like men. Most guys still have like another uh, okay. growth spurt. You know, like going into college. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's all I have to say. Anything? Last words? Any thoughts? Feelings? I really loved it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did not, but now thinking about the metaphor, I think I can forgive it. I just would not read it again. (laughs) No, I don't know if I'd want to reread it. It was a difficult read. read. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to. I loved it too, though. I thought it was really well written, really impressive. I'd like to see what this author does next. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for this month. Until next time. Book up a tea.